We're now going to uh, wrap our show up um, by welcoming our next guest, the Indigenous Environmental Network, Indigenous Climate Action, and Native Movement have collectively joined the call for the postponement of COP26, which is the 26th UN Nations uh, Climate <coughs> Change Conference that will be happening uh, next month in November in Glasgow, Scotland. I'd like to welcome Alberto Saldamando, who is the Indigenous Environmental Network's Council on Climate Change and Indigenous and Human Rights. He is an internationally acknowledged expert on human and Indigenous rights, representing Indigenous peoples, organizations, and communities from various countries from many parts of the world before the UN and other Indigenous uh, international human rights organizations. Um, he is a uh, has indigenous roots himself. Um, Alberto, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, so Alberto, uh, tell us the reason behind this call to postpone uh, COP26 uh, and what the position of the Indigenous Environmental Network is on that and how will you deal with the uh, you know, the very real possibility that your call for postponement actually won't happen, Alberto. Well, I mean, the, the uh, host government, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, which is kind of like an acting one, uh, decided that they would, uh, they have their own COVID kind of crisis. And so they've got uh, uh, concerns about people coming into uh, Scotland, the United Kingdom when Scotland uh, Scotland has its own uh, COVID rules, and so what they they initially started saying was that they would ensure that whoever wanted to attend the COP, this convention of parties in Glasgow, uh, whether they be delegates or NGOs, government or non-government, they would uh, be uh, receive a uh, the the vaccine, uh, and at 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 at, uh, at UK's expense. And, uh, and not have to uh, worry about entering the country. But as time went on and their crisis, uh, the second wave the, uh, the, of, uh, of the vaccine, uh, of the uh, COVID came around, <clears throat> they, uh, they, they decided to redline countries, which are mostly the, the, the South, the global South, Africa, Asia, Latin America, <clears throat> and say that if, they wanted, if people wanted to come in from those countries, they would have to quarantine for two weeks. And so the expense, and, and, and well, there was no uh, vaccine available to people as the UK promised, because the northern countries, the colonial countries, the colonialist countries, uh, Europe, the United States, Japan, kept it for themselves. And they vaccinated their own people. And so now there's like Africa has less than 2% vaccinated people. Uh, Asia has a very low rate of vaccination. In Latin America, particularly with regard to indigenous peoples, there hasn't been a, a dis distribution of the vaccine. Uh, I mean, at all. Uh, so there are entire co indigenous communities in the South that have not even smelled it, but have yet been uh, given the disease by uh, tourism, which is, has, tends to be a, a moneymaker where uh, for uh, indigenous peoples, uh, not only in the South, but all over. But in, in any event, none of these promises panned out. 
And so the South uh, is going to be totally unrepresented. Uh, we in the North, uh, in, in, Latin, in, uh, in, in Turtle Island, have, have been fortunate in, ha in having vaccines available to us. Most of us are vaccinated. Anybody that's going to cop is going to be vaccinated. We are not redlined. And so the situation in the United States and Europe is that. So in any event, uh, we're concerned that the South will not be represented. These are voices that need to be heard, particularly since they are most affected by climate change. I think uh, this, that speech by, uh, by Elder Bush is true. It's absolutely true worldwide. It's, not, it's, it's uh, the privatized colonialism who is creating the problem and is now offering solutions that really make things worse. So I, we want to be there. We're going anyway if there's no if there's no postponement because we don't think that we don't want to be silenced and we want to be able to ensure that at least the voices of of our indigenous brothers and sisters in the south are heard. That we're there to raise our voice. We're there to demonstrate. We're going to be having actions outside the cop, and in many respects. The actions outside the cop will be more important than the actions inside the cop. I think there's a realization that it's critical that the uh, the so-called international community act to, in order to reduce emissions, in order to avoid the, the, catas the truly catastrophic effects on humanity if they fail to act in any positive way. So we're going to be there, if they, and it, it looks like it won't be postponed. The UK is really acting as though there's no problem. Um, they've reduced their their rules a, a bit, relaxed them a bit, but still, I think it's uh, by this time, by the time the cop rolls around, the people in the South won't be there. Won't be vaccinations. It takes a while for the visa process to work. So we see a cop. It's really pretty much a northern cop, a northern conference of parties, but. But we hope to be there, and we hope to raise our voices precisely for those reasons that Elder Bush talked about. They are offering us positive right. reasons for they can continue doing what they're doing. So, um, Alberto, will the Indigenous Environmental Network, other in Indigenous Climate Action Native Movement, will you actually have a voice at the official government conference? I mean, will you be able to present at this COP26? And I, I suppose from, I hear what you're saying that you will go, uh, but you are putting up this protest in solidarity with um, your sisters and brothers in the global South on the continent of Africa, uh, south of the border in the US, et cetera, who have very little access uh, to vaccines. But will you have um, a, a, a voice in the official government conference and or, or will you only have a voice in the activities outside of the conference, Alberto? Yeah, well, we do have we do hope to have a voice inside. We have allies. We have um, certain states that are willing to uh, to follow up on our position. Because primarily, from my perspective, we want them to respect the rights of indigenous people. We want them to be able to, if whatever climate action they take, whether it be reds or whether it be whatever they do, you know, climate action, they have to respect the rights of indigenous peoples. And 
uh, I uh, one thing is uh, that the the the, the Paris Agreement recognized that tra indigenous people's traditional knowledge can be extremely useful in uh, in combating climate change, both in mitigation and adaptation, but primarily adaptation. And so they've created this uh, uh, platform, indigenous peoples and local communities platform, that's been being implemented by a working group. And this working group is presenting, uh, they agreed when they uh, uh, form this uh, working group to implement the, the platform to respect the rights of indigenous peoples. And so we intend to hold them to that promise. They've already committed, the conference of parties in the last decision they made two years ago agreed to respect indigenous rights. So we want to hold them to their promise. We want to hold their feet to the fire with regard to indigenous rights. And we have allies that are willing to do that for us within the states. It is, after all, a state-driven process, so we can't vote, but we can generate support from different states. We have a very strong uh, support from the small island states that recognize that uh, respecting the rights of, respecting human rights generally, and the rights of indigenous people in particular, are, is critically important to effective, uh, uh, effectively combating climate change. We also have Costa Rica and a group of 31 states that is kind of expanding that recognizes the importance of human rights in the recognition of, uh, of uh, with, with, with the with regard to the implementation of uh, of the Paris Agreement, which is what this conference is about. So we're not entirely uh, helpless. However, it is a state-driven process, and they do things by consensus. And uh, and it may be that the uh, uh, Russia and China. Uh, states that are not exactly enamored of human rights are going to uh, to be uh, difficult. Uh, but I don't think it's impossible because I think the climate events are becoming so severe that they must know that humanity is at risk. It's not just indigenous peoples that are at risk. It's the whole of humanity. And humanity certainly is part. Russia and China are certainly a part of humanity. So we're hoping that they see some sense in it. Otherwise, uh, nothing is going to happen. They're going to be negotiating uh, markets, market solutions with a lot of conditions placed on those markets. And it's very possible that they not agree on market yeah. solutions, which is the, the key, in which case there would be no, no real progress made, at least internally, inside the COP with regard to climate change. And that's why we're putting a lot of our efforts out there. Right. And, and of course, indigenous peoples here in the Americas, but in other parts of the world, have been at the front of um, this fight um, for the rights of Mother Earth and for the environment. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You know, as we go into uh, COP26, we get closer to COP26, we would like to have the Indigenous Environmental Network back. And also on our website, we do carry a link to your website so that people who want to, who are planning on going to COP and who want to find out what they can do to support your efforts will find out. So Alberto Saldamando, I'm afraid we are out of time, but thank you so very much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's an important message. Thanks. Thanks again.